work on themselves and work through their issues, like you said, from family of origin or trauma or whatever, you know, fears, prior sexual get activity. some help with yeah. that so that you can come into dating, you know, intentional dating relationships and marriage as healed up as possible. Because when you get married, it only highlights the weak areas or the hurt areas in our life. It doesn't make them go away. It actually, all of a sudden, that comes to the forefront and you're dealing with it as a couple instead of just alone. All right, Mark and Grace of the Real Marriage Podcast. I just feel like we should hold hands for this one. <laughs> okay. I like holding hands. I like holding hands when we drive. I like holding hands when we go for a walk. I like holding hands when we worship. Um, I just like feeling a hand that isn't furry. I really, <laughs> it's a ministry to me. So thank you for sharing. So uh, we're doing a couple of episodes on questions that people have sent in. This is from a uh, young couple who is uh, in a single slash engagement phase. Congratulations. You're, you're, you're headed in the right direction. So first of all, maybe explain the difference between uh, kind of casual dating and intentional dating and then engagement and kind of how this is a progression relationally. So we don't totally believe that casual dating is correct dating, I guess you could say. Meeting someone, getting to know someone. Friendship, groups, relationship. And, and, and Paul says don't quibble over words. Yeah. And I mean, like if you were homeschooled and churn your own butter and your mom had an end times chart on the fridge and you were just, you know, terrorized every wow. day. <laughs> Um, then as soon as you hear the word dating, it's like a trigger word right. and you're like, no, that's worldly. That's ungodly. We'll end up yeah. pregnant and wearing thong underwear and you're like, <laughs> well, or not. But so don't quibble over the words, but at the end of the day, casual dating, what would denote casual dating versus intentional dating? Intentional dating is you're with someone that you're pursuing an intentional future relationship. So your, finding your intent out is if, someday I'd like to get yes. married. And so I'm not just looking for people to date. I'm looking for someone to marry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in an intentional dating relationship versus a casual, how many people do you date at a time? Intentional? Intentional One. versus casual. One. Yeah. And in casual dating, you're like, well, I'm seeing seven different people. Um, and in intentional, it's like, no, no, I'm getting to know one person to see if that's mm -hmm. the person. And if not, then I'll see who the person is. And in casual dating, there's no, there's no goal. The goal is not to get married. This is where some people, we've met people that are like, yeah, we've been dating for 74 years. And you're like, <laughs> okay, so what's the, is there, is there yeah. a goal here? Yeah. And they're Rate like, of commitment. Yeah. And, uh, or to end it. <laughs> yeah. And so the goal is like, so you start with a friendship that becomes, let's say an intentional friendship, like, oh, I really like you. I'd like to get to know you better. And then it becomes intentional dating. And that is, I'm not going to date other people, but I really do have a curiosity about you. I want to get to know you, your friends, your family, your church, all of that. And then after a while, you're like, I think I might've found the person mm -hmm. that I could be in covenant marriage mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. And then, then you're transitioning from intentional dating toward engagement. Yes. So if you're making that pivot from intentional dating to engagement, we got two married kids. So we've seen this um, and they did a lot better than we did. What would be some things that would be super, super helpful for a couple heading into that engagement phase? And the engagement phase is 
we're going to get some wise counsel and people involved and see if we should get married. Is that God's will? And then also, what is God's timing? So it's God's will and God's timing is what you're seeking. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of conversations surrounding this phase um, because you aren't married yet and you want to actually find out if that's going to be someone that you can spend the rest of your life and with. And how to prepare for it. You want to both understand, have the same understanding of what marriage is before God, that it's a covenant and not just something you're trying out for a little bit. Um, it's the second most deci- important decision you make after accepting Jesus. And so in this phase, really, I mean, the the tool that we've used over and over is The Right One by Jimmy Evans. I mean, he he did an incredible job of uh, writing chapters that are super practical, but also at the end of each having questions that you can sit down and seriously talk through. And so what we recommended to our latest son who's um, dating someone, intentionally dating someone, is read the book separately, write your answers down separately to the questions, and then come together and have the conversations and let each other talk about what your actual answers are. If red flags come up that are like serious red flags. One of you you, doesn't want to get married. One mm -hmm. of you doesn't want to go to church. One of you wants kids. One of you doesn't. You know, one of you loves the Lord and wants to pursue the Lord in a serious way. The other wants to move in and sleep together before marriage. I mean, there's all these things. So if you have serious red flags and things that you actually can't work through because they are complete differences that don't lead to health, um, then it helps you determine that. Or if it's issues that you just need to discuss and come to an agreement on, because actually that's a better way of thinking. Um, it can bring those issues up. It can help you laugh through some things that are that you wouldn't have even thought about talking through. Um, it's a very, very helpful tool. And it asks questions that, you know, we talked through early on because we did premarital counseling and it includes a lot of the same things we talked through. And I'm glad we did. And so how important is it for them to be part of a healthy Bible-based mm-hmm. local church community Very, where marriage is encouraged and supported and modeled? Because mm-hmm. a lot of it is caught, not taught. Yep. You can read a book, but ultimately until you see a healthy marriage, there's going to be a lot that you don't understand. Right. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know and that's okay. But you need people around you to watch and see, you know, what their healthy marriage looks like, not just read about it. Um, and so, yeah, I think, and we do, you know, pre-marriage class at our church and it really helps walk these couples through specific scenarios. And it has host couples that they're watching. Mentor couples mm-hmm. to walk with. So mm-hmm. how important is it then to get into a premarital process? And what I would say, if you have any trauma in your past, if you're a blended family with complex variables and kids, if you are someone who comes from a really broken family system and you need to really deeply revisit your family of origins, you probably need a a good integrated Christian counselor. And that's someone who believes in the social sciences and the brain science and the sociology and the psychology, but 100% believes the Bible We'll pray with you. We'll invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. So they're dealing with you, heart, soul, mind, strength, Mm -hmm. the whole person. It would be very important for you as an individual and you as a couple to go to a professional and just say, hey, how can we be the healthiest version of ourselves going into the marriage? 
and what are some pains, problems, or perils from our past that we need to overcome and how do we do that so we get the best possible start. And if there's trauma or abuse, you want to go get some help for that. If that's not the case, I would say in addition, no matter what, everyone needs to go through a good, healthy premarital Mm -hmm. process. Uh, It's essential. Yeah. Um, Our friends, the parrots, they've got the Simbus, saving your marriage before it starts. And it's a series of tools and Mm-hmm. Um, tests and they do a great mm-hmm. job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're sometimes involved in the EXO network as well. And then also, um, how important is it and why is it important to get into a premarital class, ideally offered at your local church? Very important. I mean, you need to hear what God says about marriage. You need to understand what that looks like in these other couples. You need to be able to ask your questions and do everything possible to make sure that you are a good fit for each other and that you will both be on the same page working through the ups and downs of life together. And every couple's got an area going into marriage that they're weaker and others that they're stronger. For some people, they're like, financially, we're in debt from college or bad decisions. And we do love the Lord and we are in church and you know we are friends, but our finances are a wreck. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got to get that figured out. Other people are like, we got our finances buttoned up and our life is pretty put together. Um, but our family of origins is really broken mm-hmm. and how to even handle the holidays and extended family and relatives and dysfunction and siblings. That's really painful. Everybody comes into marriage, whether it's the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, the sexual, the financial, there's something that is going to need some work in every person and yep. in every relationship. Yep. And the premarital process will help to identify those and then to get help for those. The premarital process as well, like, so what we've got at our church, Trinity Church here in Scottsdale, I mean, it's a great process. I'm Mm -hmm. super grateful for it and proud Mm -hmm. of it. And we didn't do it. It was another couple in the church that we love and invest in and they did it, but they've got some curriculum that you go through. They get time together as couples in a large group, a lot of Q and a, a lot of interaction and then mentoring couples that'll follow up Mm -hmm. with you afterward through the first year of your marriage. Mm -hmm. And so part of the benefit is you're getting teaching, you're getting modeling, but then you're also getting some close friendships with couples that are at the same stage of life. How do you plan the wedding? How do you deal with the in-laws that act like outlaws? You know, all the, what are you going to do first night? I mean, you're kind of in that season together and you can form some really deep, loving, supportive, healthy peer friendships Mm -hmm. in those kinds of situations. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's essential to go through that. I mean, you can learn all kinds of things that you didn't, you don't know what you don't know, like I said. So you can learn things that you don't even know you need to learn. (laughs) Um, But I also tell the women um, in my women's ministry that are single, I encourage them to get work on themselves and work through their issues, like you said, from family of origin or trauma or whatever, you know, fears, prior sexual get activity, some help with yeah. that so that you can come into dating, you know, intentional dating relationships and marriage as healed up as possible. Because when you get married, it only highlights the weak areas or the hurt areas in our life. It doesn't make them go away. It actually all of a sudden that comes to the forefront and you're dealing with it as a couple instead of just alone. And so if you can come to be the healthiest version of yourself, you're also going to attract a healthier 
godly man if you're a healthy version of yourself. You're not going to attract the losers as much if you're you're really pursuing that health for yourself. And so I encourage them, work through that stuff now. Don't wait until you get married. You know, I I didn't do that. We didn't do that. We did a premarriage class, which was helpful, and it pulled some areas out to work on. But I didn't deal with some of the deeper issues that I knew from my past until we had five kids. And it's just not, it's a lot harder to wait. And we did a lot of damage in our marriage, not working through those things before we came into marriage. So just encourage you, don't be afraid to address those things. Don't be afraid to let a good integrative biblical counselor help you dig to get the root. And so that you walk into marriage, really being able to enjoy it differently and not have the issues that are constantly coming at you. So I'll throw out one final point that comes to mind that I don't think it's said enough. How important is it if you're in that sort of engagement, we're looking at being married, you know, we're looking at our future, that you not only attend church and classes and premarital, but you serve together. Mm-hmm. You find a way to actively, regularly, humbly serve God together in some form of ministry capacity. Yeah, super important. I mean, marriage is serving one another. And two so, selfish people mm-hmm. is a brutal marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, two self, two selfish people have a brutal marriage, and I would say that uh, two servants have a beautiful marriage. That's Grace's <laughs> cute sneeze. But for us, I think one of the things that has always built our relationship is serving in ministry together. Because mm-hmm. if, if together you're not serving God then the marriage is very, very selfish. Mm-hmm. And you get to know your spouse or your, you know, the person you're engaged to, not just by talking to each other, but by serving with each other, mm-hmm. seeing, are they humble? Are they compassionate? Are they long-suffering? Do they have compassion for others? Are they generous? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, are they resilient? And you learn a lot serving yeah, together. Are they kind to others in general? <laughs> what are their push points? And so maybe briefly, honey, I think most couples are selfish mm-hmm. and they're trying to ask, who could I get to serve me to get me ready for marriage? Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily sinful or bad. But if you really want to have a good marriage, it's got to be like, how do we learn how to serve? Mm-hmm. And how do we serve others together so that the purpose of our marriage is greater than our marriage? It's God's glory. So maybe share with them. We didn't do this intentionally. I think it's just kind of the way it worked out. We started serving when we were intentionally dating, engaged, married. We've been serving in mm-hmm. form, some form or capacity in ministry from before we were married to now 30 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we started uh, in kids ministry, serving, helping out a, a mom's Bible study. Women's Bible study in the church. They're like, nobody will watch the kids. Like, well, we're going to have kids someday. Let's go practice on their mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, we started. <laughs> we also helped families. Uh, we had a single mom that we watched her sons. We had a family that had a lot of kids that never got time away. So um, we covered their we date covered night. We covered their day night for free. We just... We did we did Meals on Wheels delivery mm-hmm. to shut-ins mm-hmm. and elderly folks. Mm-hmm. We take our Saturday in college as college kids. We go knock on doors. And I thought it was going to be quick. We just drop the meal off. These people never <laughs> get a visitor. I know. And so Sad. you love older saints. And so we spent a ton of time sitting mm-hmm. on the couch every week visiting mm-hmm. with older people, mm-hmm. delivering them food just yeah. as an engaged couple. Yeah. And it was fun. There were some sweet people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – 
we just a lot of it was just around people that the church had ministries to and we just put our names down and did it this was back in the days of the clipboard yeah and so we were the sign up for stuff people. before siri we had to actually know where <laughs> houses were <laughs> well and then we got married and then we graduated and we did college ministry together mm -hmm. and we planted a couple of churches together and we're you know we're running a church and faith ministry together i mean mm -hmm. so but for us um Part of the joy is getting to know your spouse's personality, mm -hmm. their spiritual gifts, their passions, the things that God has called them to. Mm -hmm. Like you just had this last, uh, you had recently, this will a little bit later, but you recently had kind of the final women's event for the summer before the kickoff of the fall real women's ministry at Trinity Church. And you had record turnout and everything went well. And brought in a trauma specialist and teaching an mm -hmm. identity and, and just to see you come home, you were overjoyed mm -hmm. that you got to help some women yeah. get healing mm -hmm. and get healthy. And it's like you, you, you get to see the Holy spirit working in and through your spouse mm -hmm. and it causes you to love them, to enjoy them, to admire them, to appreciate them. And get to celebrate with them. And to celebrate with mm -hmm. them that the, the Spirit of God has empowered and equipped and anointed and gifted my spouse. And when I see the Holy Spirit working through them to affect life change in others, that's the most exciting thing in yeah. the world. That's the best thing for the marriage. Yeah. And a lot of times couples are like, well, how do we get shared hobbies? That's okay. That's fine. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's like, well, how do we make sure we have things in common? Okay, that's fine. Serve together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's great to celebrate that together. And just in closing, honey, how do you even see that with our married kids? Oh, yeah, they all serve together. I mean, our, our oldest daughter and her husband, they serve in ministry together. Our son and his wife serve in ministry together. Our son and his friend are serving in ministry together. And I'm not talking about, we're not talking about you got to be vocational, full-time ministry, just serve Jesus, yeah. find some things to do for others together mm -hmm. and see if that doesn't create a depth of connection, even in the dating years, yeah. because oftentimes in the dating years, we're selfish and we're pretending. Mm -hmm. And when you start start serving, you become a servant and we get to know the real you. Yes. And so like when I saw you in our, you know, dating, engage, intentional dating engagement years, serving others, and I saw like you with kids, I was like, Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> We're going to have some kids, mm -hmm. you know, because this is a woman who loves to serve yeah. and loves to serve others and loves to serve children. And so, yeah, in addition to everything else, I think serving together is yeah, great. perhaps the greatest overlooked opportunity to grow a relationship. And get to know each other. You want to pray for them? <laughs> Dear Lord, thank you um, that you are speaking into the lives of singles and engaged people. And I just pray that you would help them hear your voice and that as they get to know each other, Lord, it's okay if it doesn't work out, but if they um, are listening to you, you can save them from a lot of pain if they're, instead of pushing to make something work. So I just pray that you would give discernment, you'd give wisdom, you'd bring healing into their lives so that as they enter into marriage relationships, they can actually enjoy each other and not have all the baggage to figure out while they're married. So Lord, I just pray protection over these people and just the generation that learns how to do this well so that we can have some healthy marriages in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.